0: The Digital Citizen Podcast is brought to you by ServiceNow in collaboration with government executive media groups, Studio 2G. ServiceNow Industry Solutions transform state, local, and regional governments with a consumer style experience that's intuitive and secure for your workforce and the people they serve. Check out how ServiceNow can help your agency fuel mission-oriented innovation and accelerate outcomes at servicenow.com.
1: The COVID-19 pandemic may have jump-started and accelerated digital transformation for many state and local agencies, but that transformation certainly won't end with the crisis. Citizens have begun to expect and demand digital offerings akin to those in the commercial sector. Moreover, now that many agencies have made the first move toward digital government, they finally have the groundwork in place to grow digital offerings in ways that can simplify and ease the constituent experience. So how can agencies capitalize on the investments and platforms they're making now in order to better serve the citizen in the future? That's what we'll dig into in this episode of The Digital Citizen, a three-part podcast from ServiceNow in partnership with government executive media groups Studio 2G. I'm your host, Constance Sayers. Joining me today to talk through these challenges are Chris Dilley, CTO for state and local government at ServiceNow, and his colleague, Tom Yates, global head of state, local, and regional government solutions. Tom and Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, Constance. Chris, I'm gonna start with you on this question. So, to start, can you talk about what people will expect from government in terms of digital services going forward? Why should agencies begin thinking now about what they want to deliver in the future?
0: When ServiceNow was started, Fred Luddy, our founder, wanted to know why couldn't our work life be as simple as our home life or as our consumer life? and so really that 's the approach and the framework for which ServiceNow was founded and so when we think about that from a digital services you know, why can't the services that I need from government be as easy as my Amazon or my online banking and have that same visibility, that same ease for how we're doing things. So I think as people have gotten more comfortable and continuing every day to be more comfortable with digital services, with apps, with technology to, to get what they need, I think those are the things that agencies need to be thinking about as they deliver, you know, those services going forward. We just kicked off a engagement with the state this week. And the governor was uh, actually our sponsor for this project. And she made the statement, she goes, I wanna be able to renew my hunting fishing license right from my phone. And it already knows what I have, it already knows where I live. So having those digital experiences, being able to know that I'm a business owner, but I'm also a citizen, I'm also a foster parent, and having that contextual experience and knowing what I am, knowing what I need, I think is going to make the difference for how government serves its citizens and also how we look at government and how it's operating going forward. I think it provides much more visibility, much more transparency as we provide those digital services. And it makes much, much easier to support as we look at things.
1: Tom, some thoughts from you on that question.
2: Yeah, I think Chris really nailed it when he said that people are going to expect the same level of digital service delivery at work that they get at home period. And if you start to look at how services are actually delivered, there's many pieces to the puzzle. And I think a lot of people focus on the front end, which is great. So that is the website. It is, hey, let's get our form that we used to have to mail to people in a PDF. And that is one stage of the journey. And then typically the next stage is, hey, let's make the PDF fillable so people can type and then print it and then snail mail it. But I challenge people to go digital and stay digital. And what I mean is I want the applicant to be able to fill that form in online and then have that information flow electronically through the organization. That requires a technology as well as a cultural mindset shift. And so... You typically will start in an organization by having people say, well, it needs to look the same as the paper form, this digital form, because I'm going to print it out and I'm going to file it. I always think about TurboTax. So back in the day, and I know I'm going to date myself with this, but TurboTax, one of their claims to fame was you could print the 1040 and it looked exactly like the 1040 with all of its obtuse microscopic font and all of that. And then at some point, I guess in the 90s or early 2000s, TurboTax decided that, They had people comfortable enough with the idea of electronic filing that they could just collect the information and push it through. They didn't have to be able to print that paper form and make it look exactly the same. So my challenge is to reimagine how work flows through your organization and say, can we go digital by doing that front end piece, but can we stay digital by taking that information and routing it through for all of the approvals that are required, all of the tasks that get spun off in order to complete that service, can all of that be on a digital platform without a single piece of paper or stamp being used? I think that is how the thinking needs to pivot in order to deliver these services of the future.
1: I love how you uh, you kind of like the challenge to the future. As we look at some of the challenges though, you know, as agencies look to adopt more digital services, what are some of the pitfalls that they're gonna encounter that could ultimately create silos or introduce unnecessary complexity into their operations?
2: It's a really simple phrase, and it is, that's the way we've always done it. If you hear that, run, because just because it's the way you've always done it does not mean that's the way it should be done. So, again, I like that zero-based budgeting kind of mindset where you come in and say, yeah, 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 we did it this way before, but we built those processes back in the 70s and 80s, and that's why we had fax technology and we had snail mail. If I were delivering this service today, what would I do as an organization in order to do that? First, I'm going to look digital. I'm going to figure out how can we deliver this entire service digitally, because not only is that what people are expecting that is going to lower your overall cost of service delivery time and again we see studies where the application of technology saves massive amounts of money and even if it's something as simple as being able to route a particular inquiry to the right person by using a platform that has machine learning capabilities so it sees or it reads you know certain keywords and says i think this is that department drops it into that person's inbox versus having someone collect from a global email account and then parse through it and manually forward this information. Those types of digital service delivery and technology augmented service are going to be what is going to save government because we have services that are expanding and we have a population that's expanding, but government is having budget issues and present funding from the federal government aside, at some point that money is going to run out and people are gonna need to do more with less. So I think you really need to think about starting from digital, figuring out how that service can be delivered, and then also start thinking about your organization and that service being one piece of the puzzle. So yes, they're gonna come to me when they need health benefits, but they're also going to need professional licenses, they're going to need permits. So how can we bring all of those government services together to provide a holistic experience for the citizen?
0: Chris, your thoughts on that question? The way I think about it is, we need to think about building trust with those users, whether they're internal users or whether they're they're external citizens who are trying to adopt these services. As we move things digitally, if they get a better experience, if it reduces their time frame to receive those services and they have more visibility to get those services and what was delivered when it said it was gonna be delivered is achieved, that builds trust, that builds confidence from those users that this is a better way uh, of doing these things. If those processes are set up and one piece or many pieces of that puzzle fall back into the way they used to do it, you will lose confidence, you will lose trust that those digital services are going to be a better way of doing things. So you need to get buy-in from you know all those involved. You need to build that culture of change, of adoption, and making sure that you deliver what you say when you're gonna say it. What that does is that builds a culture of confidence that builds those new rules of engagement for how we're operating with government, and that gets support for those digital services. And it gets support for a new way of looking at things, a new way of doing things. And so I just think that's so important as government take on big, hairy, audacious projects and they look at these things, they lose sight of trying to do or sometimes try to do too much. And so we've got to make sure those small wins build that confidence with their user base. Again, whether it's internal or external and make sure that they can deliver those, continue to build on those. And that's how you're going to see that adoption and avoid those pitfalls of trying to change the way we're doing things.
1: So how could an end-to-end platform like ServiceNow help to connect and engage citizens with user-friendly digital services without the potential for information silos and unnecessary complexity. And Tom, I'm gonna pose this question to you.
2: Yeah, so again, I think having a mindset that's not, we're going to take this process and lift and shift it to digital is really important. So really focusing on what the business process is. And when I was in government, one of the things I quickly learned was that there are a lot of processes for which there is no documentation it's been done this way and people know how to get the job done and get it done well. But sometimes as you're looking at building these workflows, you want to have consistent service delivery as a priority. So you want to get it right. And you want to make this workflow as efficient as possible and not cause any kind of ping pong between the employee and the citizen as they're requesting things. So you have to focus on, what that experience should be like as opposed to what it currently is and really smooth out a lot of those unnecessary items so for example maybe i'm applying for emergency rental assistance is it possible that i have already given you all of the basic information about my household when i applied for another service is there a way that we can reach into that data repository so break down that data silo get that information and use it to pre-populate my request. Not only does that decrease the chance for human error because I can't type the same thing in differently if I'm not typing it in twice, but also it is something that citizens are looking for. One of the frequent complaints is why do I have to tell this person my basic information? This is the 10th time I've told someone in government. Why can't I just tell them once? And so I think focusing on that and focusing on the enterprise value of the organization, of the data that you're collecting within your organization. So I might be collecting health and human service information. Other people might be collecting medical information or license and registration or zoning information. What value can we have of looking at that citizen 360 degree view where we know what services these people are getting and we can be more proactive in recommending other services that are affinity maps to the services that they're already consuming. So it's really breaking down the silos, seeing the value of the data within each department or agency and trying to stamp out the complexity of applying for or filling out these forms
1: really great. Chris, can you give us an example of a successful adoption use case such as Montana's Bison Transport Permitting System? I think we'd love to hear about that.
0: (laughs) You know, it's such a fun one to talk about. I've had the great opportunity of working closely with the state of Montana, and as we looked at which services that we could make into a digital experience, this is one that that kind of came to the top, because there's millions and millions of acres of, of open plains in Montana. And so when you think about some of these either large wild bison, or even the managed bison for some of these large farmers, the process of moving bison and many bison from one area to another was kind of a challenge, You know, because not only is it something that needs to be managed by the state for various uh, licensing and various protection of disease in different aspects, But you're also crossing counties, you're also interacting with fire and rescue services as they look at the volatility of of some of those plains, some of those mountainous environments. And so the ability for a farmer, a rancher to request a bison transport, you know, from one county, one location that may move across two counties and move across different environments, there's got to be coordination, there's got to be communication, there's got to be approvals. And so the ability to do that from a digital standpoint, be able to provide visibility to make sure that there's not already a large herd of bison in that area. And so just managing that communication, it's one of those that if you think about it, it's a structured workflow process. It's about somebody wants to do something, needs to do something. And then what are those checks and balances? What are those processes that need to be followed as part of this? And then what's going to be delivered to know that as we do this, as we have visibility around this. And and so it's been one of those that, that use case was developed for the Bison Transport, but it's really been expanded to take that process, to take that workflow and utilize it all across other services across the states. The other thing that it does is it breaks down the boundaries. When we think about government, it's not just about state government. It's also about our county government, our city, our local government, and being able to break down those barriers between that communication and not get caught up on on some of the the bureaucracy that may exist, because what this does is it provides that visibility to make sure that we're serving the citizens, we're serving the state, we're doing it safely, and we're achieving what we need to do.
1: That's a really great case study. Thank you both so much for joining me today. That is unfortunately all the time we have for today's episode. And thanks to our listeners of this final episode of The Digital Citizen. This podcast is a production of Government Executive Media Group Studio 2G in collaboration with ServiceNow. Be sure to check out the other episodes in this series to learn more about what tools and technologies will help agencies to evolve to meet the coming need around vaccine distribution, modernization, the remote workforce, and more.
0: The Digital Citizen Podcast is brought to you by ServiceNow in collaboration with government executive media group Studio 2G. To learn more about how ServiceNow can help your agency transform, visit servicenow.com.